Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey guys, this is another episode of the Believe in Padres Prospects Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, San Diego's number one sports podcast network. This is episode 55, and that Dodger series stung a bit, didn't it? That's about, uh, is that the, the worst way you can lose a game and a series? Probably. I mean, it was really fun. Um, it stung a lot, but it was fun. All three games were really entertaining, and... Uh, that's I kind of I think that's kind of all you can hope for at this stage of the season. It's, as long as it's not the playoffs, um, this is going to hurt for a couple of days. But you move on; it's not that big a deal. Anyway, we've got Clint Pasias from Dodgers Nation and the Blue Heaven Pod coming on in a minute to talk about the series. I like getting perspective from the Dodger people once in a while, um, what they think of the Padres, how close are we to them? You know, in terms of you know division rivals once again because it's, it's been a while. Um, and I think it tells you a lot getting perspective from someone outside of the, the Padres reporter bubble or even just uh, the overall MLB national level. You get you get the insights from the the team that you're chasing. So I'm um, glad to have Clint on. Really good show he does up in L.A. Uh, a few roster moves happened this week, which is interesting. Our boy, Travis Radke, along with Jason Vossler, who I kind of really liked last year during his brief time with the Padres, and Seth Mejia's Breen. Who's another familiar face? All added to the 60-man player pool. They're, you know, in the San Diego area. Possibly, I think they're traveling with the the team. I think the the whole taxi squad does travel with the the 30-man club. Um, waiting for their chance. So hopefully they get that chance soon. I mean, I guess for them to get the chance, someone would have to get injured or sick. So that's maybe maybe we shouldn't be hoping for that. But uh, they're on the 60-man roster now. So that's an upgrade. And unfortunately for all those guys, the roster sizes are trimming from 30 to 28. So a couple guys are probably going to get sent down soon. Um, if by the time you're listening to us to this, they may have already been sent down to the taxi squad. So um, we'll see who that is. And we'll probably talk about that on the next show, but happy for those guys getting the call up. And also uh, Daniel Camarena, who uh, the Padres, you just added to their 60 man player pool. He was um, released by the Yankees on, uh, I guess it was last year. Was it all last They said last August. Yeah. And he joined the Padres uh, earlier in July and they've just added him. He's a, a left-handed uh, pitcher. So they're adding him to the, the 60 man roster as well. Um, I don't think any of those guys are really going to make an impact uh, soon. But uh, we like we liked Vossler last year, kind of a first baseman. Um, I don't know if he can play the corner outfield or not, but he's he's a first baseman. He's got a a good looking left handed swing, I think, that has some power in it. And we saw him last year um, hit for some of that power. He's a little bit older for a prospect, but uh, you know, first base depth is something that all of a sudden became an important deal when Hosmer got off to a hot start and then got sick, gastritis. Um, sounds like a bitch. I, I know a couple of friends, even younger people who have had that happen to them. It's not a good, fun thing to go through. And it's too bad because I've never seen Hosmer hotter than that. Um, Seth Mejia's Breen, utility infielder, uh, does a lot of things 
defensively that, you know, he's a handy guy to have around. And then Travis Radke, I think, is an option um, at some point in the bullpen. Um, maybe it's not this year, but I think he's he's certainly good enough to to pitch somewhere in the Padres bullpen going forward is, is a reliable lefty that isn't going to blow everyone away. He's not one of the guys that's, you know, he's not Patino coming in there throwing 98, 99. Um, we'll get to Patino in a second, but I do like Travis Radke as an option um, at some point uh, in the bullpen. Luis Patino. Dude was, dude was firing bullets the other night. So I'm really happy he finally got his chance to pitch. It's going to be in the bullpen all year. I think I, I don't see a scenario unless something really drastic happens where he's going to be starting any games. I think they're still hoping out or they're still holding out hope that uh, Mackenzie Gore comes in and maybe gets some starts at some point And then eventually is a bullpen guy uh, by the time the season ends also. Patino looked electric. And the last time we saw, or the last time I saw him pitch in a live game out of the bullpen was during the features game, which everyone loves to talk about. Cause that's when he got his big chance to shine on the national stage in the, in the futures game last year, electric stuff and his stuff's only going to play up in the bullpen. So I, I know he gave up that three run bomb. It, it, that thing was crushed by Jock Peterson. You knew it right away, but you no, know, he's 20 years old making his major league debut. It's it, the fastball was 97, 98, the whole outing it's going to, he, he pitched, was it, was it full two innings? Um, either way, I like that swingman role for him as a guy coming in. Maybe they're down a couple runs just to, to, I know this didn't work out the other day, but to, to just limit damage, maybe it's a one run game and the Padres are losing and they just need someone to hold the ship for an inning or two. And it's nice that he's versatile enough to give you multiple innings. So the slider was also electric. Uh, I think I saw him throw a couple changeups. He's not going to throw a ton of changeups, but the changeup was 89 and he made somebody look foolish on it. I didn't write down who it was, but it looked, it's a good pitch right now. Probably it's hard to say where it's grading out uh, at the major league level, but hopefully it's an average pitch going forward. And um, that's all you need when you're, when you're throwing 98, 99 consistently, he was a little wild. I think that I think he that calms down. I love I love his delivery. I love his mechanics. I think he's going to be uh, an ultra reliable control guy. Maybe not this year, but I think the pieces are there for him to to limit damage via walk. And his stuff is so good that it's going to play up even if he is a little wild around the zone. So fastball electric, slider electric. Happy Patino Day! I hope you guys all enjoyed it um, when he got called up, and then. The, the day he made his debut, um, I was really happy for him, even though uh, it's tough giving up that homer to Jock Peterson. Jock laid off a, a slider that I think everyone in the minors would have swung at, swung over and missed, and Jock spit on it and then crushed a 97-mile-an-hour fastball in the inside corner, and that's what's going to happen. It's the major leagues, so Patino's going to learn from that. I think it's a really good learning experience, and he can move on and improve. That's, that's how you get better, and he's going to face some really good competition this year in that Padres bullpen. The other bright spot for the Padres has been Jake Cronenworth. So as the great Mark Grant said, thanks Tampa. Cronenworth has looked incredible so far. He's never played first base in the minors and he's been playing there consistently the last few days since uh, Hosmer has been hurt. He's looked electric defensively. There's no, everybody became a Jake Cronenworth fan this week. It's, it's been really fun to watch. He's kind of a journeyman, uh, minor leaguer, a little bit older. I think he's 26 
And as you're, if you're a prospect, by the time you hit 26, a lot of people just forget about you, unfortunately, because a lot of these guys get second wins when they take 20, when they turn 26, 27 and um, can become viable major league players. I think Jake Cronenworth looks like a viable major league player. And it's, it's a really early sample size. The league gets their chance to adapt to him. Then he has to adapt back to them. We'll see what Jake Cronenworth looks like in a year, but because nobody's running away with a second base job yet of all these candidates to play second base, no one's performed anywhere near what Jake Cronenworth's been doing defensively. He's looked great offensively fine. I mean, he hit his first home run the other day, which is great. Um, we're not going to rely on him to do too much. He's going to bat probably the, the back third of the lineup when everybody's healthy. I imagine he's, he has to have won the second base job by now. I don't know when Hosmer's coming back. No one's really, I haven't read any reports about Hosmer coming back. It's probably just a day-to-day thing with him moving forward. And when he feels good, he's going to probably take a couple days to get back into full baseball shape because with gastritis, you're, you're probably not working out too much or you're probably not taking too much BP. So it's going to take Hosmer a little time to come back. I imagine he's still day to day, but Cronenworth is probably going to bat in the six, seven, eight hole going forward. And it's, it's great that he's so versatile. He can play first base. We know he can, he's played shortstop. We saw that a lot in spring training. He was basically the backup shortstop to Fernando Tatis jr. And we know he can pitch a little bit. I don't think we really need him in the bullpen this year, but it's, nice if there's a blowout game or something that you can save the bullpen by using Jake Cronenworth. He's going to come in handy. I guarantee that comes in handy at some point during the season, him pitching. So Luis Patino day kind of turned into Jake Cronenworth day or Jake Cronenworth week. Love Jake Cronenworth. There's nothing to, it's great to see him kind of just this throw in um, player prospect uh, as part of this bigger deal that brought over Emilio Pagan from Tampa Bay he he's looked really good. So happy for him. Happy for Patino. Thanks, Tampa. <laughs> Enjoy the Mark Grant. Uh, thank you note, which I'm sure is in the mail. The mail has been really slow lately. I don't know how, how quickly thank you notes are going, but packages are taking forever. I, I ordered a mask, a couple of masks uh, for my parents who saw one of my fancy masks and were like, Hey, can we, can we get one of those too? We, we can't order things online because we're old. Um, can you help us do that? So I was like, yeah, I ordered them some masks. And uh, I think it took like two months, maybe two months, month and a half for that, for the masks to show up. And well, I thought, I thought the pandemic was going to be over by the time the mask got here and nope, this pandemic is going strong still. So uh, got those masks though. That's all you got to worry about. No ad this week. We're just going to get straight into it now with Clint Pasias from Dodgers Nation. Joining the show, we've got Clint Pasias. He's the lead editor of Dodgers Nation and host of the Blue Heaven podcast and editor at LA Sports Report. Clint, welcome. What's up, man? Uh, I'm I'm doing well, man. Uh, baseball's back and I'm a very happy boy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, your Dodgers just came into San Diego and won a series, so that feels good, I imagine. Yeah, you know, I, I think... Uh... It was a fun series. I, I liked going into that series because it seemed like uh, Padre, Padre Nation, Padres fans really were looking at it a lot, uh, a lot. Big. You know what? I can attribute it to this. It's like Dodgers going to Houston in a way. That's what it seemed like for L.A. going to San Diego. But uh, luckily, it, for my side of things, the good guys came out on the happy end of it. <laughs> yeah, uh, we were definitely feeling uh, – 
pretty good going to that series, getting a little big for our britches, maybe. Yeah. And when you're bad for so long, uh, this is what I understood. Pottery fans and Dodger fans, when they fight on Twitter, it's like Pottery fans should know. We know that we've been bad for so long. You got to pick your trolling spots carefully. And uh, winning game one, they came out firing. And you oh, kind of yeah. just knew this was going to happen. The Dodgers were going to win a game. And then it's, okay, everybody sit down again. And um, it's it's basically, from our perspective, and well, from your perspective, probably a, more of a one-sided rivalry since we haven't been good for a while. But that was a really fun series. Even, even from the Padres' perspective, uh, I probably lost about a year of my life during that last game. <laughs> Uh, but it was yeah. fun. And like, that's at this point in the season, it's, it's not, you know, we're not fighting for that last wild card spot. Now it's not like, you know, the season ends tomorrow. So, um, there's still time to recover. What were your, just some of your takeaways, either Dodgers, Padres, COVID, um, anything you got, what were some of your takeaways from the series? I'm not serious. I mean, honestly, that's, and like I said, I, you know, with LA just coming out of Houston, taking, that series is only, you know, shorty two game series, but it was really fun. We got the iconic Joe Kelly, uh, you know, nice swing B out of it. And that was, oh, a it was fun great. It was, we all but, became Joe Kelly fans that day. Yeah. I've never seen a player just get so universally loved by, <laughs> by baseball fans, by baseball players, you know, just, uh, everybody slamming Manfred and MLB for that, that, that God awful suspension. But honestly, watching this series, this, this, uh, LA San Diego series, it, it, it felt like real baseball again. You know, you weren't really thinking about the stupid cutouts or the crowd noise or whatever. And I, you know, what props to, to the to fine people running Petco. I think that the sound there was, was some of the best we've heard, uh, in this uh, short, you know, what, 12 games into the season or what have you. That that was top notch, but that final game was just everything that's good about baseball. And and you know, even as a Padre fan, I I would imagine being on the other side of it, you're like, man, that was a, a tough way to lose on that Chris Taylor, you know, throwing out of Trent Grisham, who's supposed to be this, you know, he's a speed burner. But that's like, man, that is baseball, and it was a. And it was a thrilling ending. I mean, I lost my voice a little bit after the game. You know, just watching that play, it, it gave you every bit of, uh, you know, the playoff feel and the playoff vibe. So, you know, it matched up um, at least, uh, you know, the way a lot of Padre fans were feeling about it. It matched up with some of those those playoff vibes. So, uh, you know, props to, to the fans for kind of bringing it a little bit there on, on Twitter especially. I'm glad that you guys thought it, or you thought it, felt like the playoffs because for us to um, whenever the Dodgers come to town, it, it feels like a big game, um, especially when fans are there because, you know, Dodger fans, you know, pack up all their shit and come to San Diego <laughs> for the weekend. And it gets really rowdy down there, which I, I love. I, I, I mean, that's what you want in a rivalry. Um, oh, yeah. It, have, you, uh, have you seen that that app that MLB is running now with the, uh, you know, I guess you can have it's basically just like a, a boo cheer clap chat room for fans. <laughs> No, uh, I haven't. It, yeah, it's something that MLB, you know, I mean, bless her heart for trying, but uh, you know, the the website or the uh, the ballpark app, I think it is, and it's kind of buried, but you know, it has it where essentially it's a it's a non chat room chat room, and there's supposed to be you know however many fans in there, and you could boo and you can clap and and uh, cheer and all that. Well. You know, true to form, the the chat room was, uh, I think, uh, hovering around 75, 80 percent Dodger fans in that series. So good on L.A. for for doing what it does. 
<laughs> and it was nice. I thought it was nice that we finally had some games that weren't, you know, historically Padre Dodger games can be one zero two one. So this mm-hmm. this was really exciting for for us that now that the Padres have a team that can hit a little bit. Yeah. And some of the guys are cold. Like I think Fam had one hit the whole series, and Machado has been terrible. But um, other guys were stepping up. And the Dodgers who are missing Mookie it was it was sad. I, I Mookie's been one of my favorite players in the league for a long time. It sucks that he went to L.A. It sucks that he signed this long extension. Um, but I do love Mookie, and it sucks that we didn't we didn't really get this the A squad from either team, but we definitely got an A product. So I'll take that. Yeah, I mean for. For LA, we didn't, you know, we didn't throw Kershaw out there. We didn't throw Bueller out there, uh, if I'm not mistaken. I, honestly, I'm I'm a little bur- burnt in the brain today. I was and out. Bueller, uh, I thought Bueller pitched a uh, game might two. Might have gone game one or game two. Um, no, because that was Dustin May. Wasn't it May? And was Bueller Stripling. three. Stripling was three. Bueller was Bueller one. Had to have been that. Then. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Because they because Bueller pushed back. Bueller didn't have his. He's not ready yet. You know, he's still basically in spring training. But yeah, yeah, you know, Padres obviously kind of rolled out their their top guys with with Paddock and uh, and that oh, who's that kid? That, yeah, yeah, Lamet. Lamet threw up a hell of a game, and of course right. the Dodgers just just waited him out. But that was that was fun. I mean, that obviously that's been aside from health and you know Tatis last year. Um, you know that obviously hurt the pods a, a, a whole bunch, but finally seeing some pitching sort of uh, come to life down at, at Dodger Stadium South, it's it's pretty cool to, to see that rivalry, uh, you know, potentially build up a little bit again. For all you guys got right now, the Giants are, are going to be garbage for a couple of years, so you should be hoping that uh, the Padres emerge as the next big rival. But um, hey, don't, the don't sleep on them Giants. They're going to get... <laughs> That what whatever Farhan and his magic is, his voodoo magic, he's gonna do something frightening not too long. They're trying to <laughs> tank him. and they're still winning games. <laughs> yeah. For um, real. The bullpen importance has been magnified this year, I think, from for every team. And the Padres were walking into the season kind of nationally acclaimed as one of the best bullpens out of, on paper, and they've been struggling out of the gate. And a lot of other teams have had similar issues with with veteran mm-hmm. bullpens not doing well. Where where do you stand with the Dodgers bullpen right now? Uh, it was one of those things heading into spring training, one heading into summer camp, heading into the season. It's like on paper, it screamed strength. Maybe not the strongest left-handed relief core, but it, you know you knew you had some really really good arms that have done a lot of positive in the past uh, that just needed either have the right coaching or, or, you know, kind of put the, the, the pass behind them a little bit, looking at Kenley, looking at Blake trying an off season import. But what these guys have been able to do, um, you know, you just have some incredible power arms dropping with, uh, especially with, with, uh, this kid, Bruce Dark Gratterall dropping, you know, one Oh one, one Oh two with, with ease. It, it's been an impressive bullpen, a lot more impressive than honestly, I think a lot of people, uh, a lot of, you know, we could say Dodger pundits coming into the season thought it would be the, the, the sort of, um, you know, taking the flyers have kind of worked out on some of these guys, even the lefty arms, uh, Caleb Ferguson has, uh, has really started to, to come into his own. He's developing a, a, a third pitch <laughs> that Kershaw has been kind of telling him, dude, you, you need a third pitch if you're going to get outs and, and all that. So Ferguson, even uh, the lefty Scotty Alexander, like everything just sort of seems to be working in the early going. I think, uh, you know, going into yesterday's game, they were 
leading or second in all of baseball in ERA, and and uh, it uh, it's very impressive. It's been a while since we've had like a, a bullpen where you feel really confident going into the sixth, seventh, eighth innings. Like, okay, you know what we do? <laughs> it's not going to be a nail biter. It's not going to be like. <laughs> 120 resting heart rate just watching uh, Pedro Baez try to find the strike zone or something like that. Who do you think the short season favors in the NL West? So we get the top two teams are going to advance automatically, which is interesting. And then you know, we might get a wild card too. But it, it, anybody can win. Like we were talking about the Giants a second yeah. ago. Um, the Giants aren't supposed to be a good team, but in a 60 game sample size, yeah, they could do something. So uh, the Dodgers, who Everyone is picked as the best team pretty much in baseball. It's them and the Yankees. Just, mm-hmm. You you can't be too excited about a, a season like this where it doesn't favor the best teams. Or who, So what, what have you been thinking about in the NL West is um, the possible teams that are going to emerge? The, the sneaky good team for me for a while, honestly, the last uh, two years, it's it's don't... Uh... Don't don't count out them Padres, especially if they can stay healthy. You look at last year, you know they they were still a young team, but but an improving team, getting getting that finally getting you know the that steal of, of Fernando Tatis up to the big leagues and and what he was able to do before he uh, when they think he hurt his back or his hamstring or something like that. But those first what, hundred games or or whatever it was, like if he stayed healthy, they chances are they would have been a lot closer maybe sniffing a wild card late into the season. So that's definitely a good team. And that's a, a lot of these teams, you know, obviously in 162 games, the Dodgers can out depth any team. Uh, I think most of these uh, NL West teams have maybe one extra infielder. Dodgers have three or four they can go to. That's going to put up above league average production. So that's gone now. You know, if you, if you're in that short season, Maybe some guys aren't going to get as hurt. Maybe some aren't going to get as burnt out. And uh, it just it brings. It's not that the Dodgers get worse. It just brings the the whole uh, the whole class a lot uh, you know closer to the front in a way. Speaking of the depth, we we've seen it with the Dodgers moving guys around. They're really versatile. They're really deep. But why do you think Gavin Lux or what have they been saying about Gavin Lux not being on the opening day roster? I think we all expected him to be. And then why do you think he's not up right now? Well, he was a guy that showed up late to summer camp. Uh, he did not specify why, but you know the rumblings, everything kind of matches up that maybe he was potentially somebody that could have uh, ended up with the virus. Uh, I'm not saying he did. <laughs> I'm not saying I know anything about it. I'm just saying it seems that way. So he showed up a little bit late, and he, uh, you know, he wasn't quite ready. And you were able to see it in you know some of the intra squad games and you know, the exhibition games. He he was fighting it. His swing looked just bad. It looked really really bad. Uh, even his defense, he wasn't ready. So that was the the big reason why he was uh, you know sent down. He just it didn't make sense for him. He hadn't earned it. Don't put him on your opening day roster. But in us talking to uh, Dave Roberts this week, you know the question got in about uh, why McKinstry another you know. Of the insanely good 2016 draft class for the Dodgers, you know, unheralded Zach McKinstry gets up to the to the active roster, doesn't make his debut, but why him over your blue chipper prospect? And you know, the, there were rumors swirling. It's like, oh, maybe it's service time or something like that. No, it's it's honestly, he's still not ready. His swing isn't quite there. Maybe stamina, that sort of thing. But he he really looked like he was fighting himself and. 
with Dave Roberts, that guy is a genius when it comes to people, managing people, managing egos and, and, and feelings. And, you know, he saw something that maybe it just would have made sense to, to let the 21-year-old, the 22-year-old uh, kind of just <laughs> sit and marinate a little bit and, and, and earn it and get right. Well, my advice here would be don't turn into the Rockies where you have these stud prospects and then kind of dangle them with playing time two, three days a week. And we're seeing that with Ryan McMahon and Garrett Hampson and uh, Sam Hilliard. It's hard to get consistent playing time. So don't be a Rocky when you handle your prospects. I think that's just a good general uh, life <laughs> advice or uh, league advice. Don't be don't be the Rockies. <laughs> Um, oh, and by the way, you're welcome for Dave Roberts. We didn't it, we didn't even give him an interview for uh, the, the manager job. We haven't talked about that. It was a couple of years ago, but you're welcome. I know it went Andy Green, and now it's uh, Hingle McTingleberry or something like that. I love that Whoa. guy. That's a, it's an 80 grade name right there. I like that dude. <laughs> it is a good name. And he got his uh, first ejection last night. What'd you think of the ejection? I thought it was pretty good. I actually missed uh, I missed the middle part of the game, unfortunately, doing some housework. That, that's uh, exactly what you want to hear, uh, the answer you want to hear to that question. But uh, <laughs> I hope he got fired up. I know early in the game, uh, Manny was was kind of giving, giving the umpiring crew a little bit of hell. So, you know, good on good on Jace for, for standing up for his players. The crew's been terrible. That. Hasn't the, the umpiring behind home plate been awful to start the year? <laughs> Is it just... <laughs> It's been atrocious. What man. the hell? What the I, hell, MLB? Uh, hey, at least we haven't got uh, over here on the West Coast yet. We haven't had the experience of of Joe West or uh, or Angel Hernandez. Saw Hernandez in a, uh, I think it was a John Boy video of of him getting into it with Phil Nevin, uh, Yankees third base coach now, and it was just it was gold. That's a that's a chef's kiss right there. Watching that battle, him it's and gross. Aaron Boone just just tearing into. To uh, wait, not Aaron Hernandez. Why am I saying that? Angel Hernandez. Did I say Aaron? <laughs> My bad if I did. Bless you. Could have, and I missed it. So we'll check it in post. But uh, I went right over my. I because uh, Aaron Hernandez. Uh, I know Angel. They're a little different, but um, yeah, just a tad. <laughs> I, I love seeing the arguments with players and managers and uh, umpires with the, the social distancing and the mask is falling off and they're still yelling at each other and then one gets too close and he's like has to catch himself and like, oh, let me, let me step back and keep yelling at you. Uh, the, the arguments with umpires have been a 10 so far. Yeah. It's the, uh, the little silver lining fringe benefits of, of this weird, ugly season. At least we get, you know, a little bit different look at baseball and, and a little bit more of a comical battle between whatever, like, you know, when benches cleared with uh, Houston and, and, uh, and the Astros, or sorry, and the Dodgers, Dodgers and Astros, like, seeing all their their entire team come over to the Dodgers dugout and like people wearing masks and all that. It's just, it's, it's still weird to see. And it's still weird to process. What's going to go through Dodger fans heads this year. If you guys don't win the world series. Oh, that's a tough one. Cause this is, you're approaching. I mean, I've talked about this with my friend, Dustin, one of my good college friends who I still talk to He's LA native Dodger fan. And uh, we were, we were talking back and forth during the, the series and um one of my go-to insults for him is that they haven't won the, the world series in his lifetime uh <laughs> we're both 32 and that's kind of all we have that's all i have to talk shit to but um you're you're, you're approaching buffalo bills territory which we we've all known now and it's it's not getting better if like if you guys make the world series again or if you fall just short what, what do you guys do as an organization what do you do as fans 
Well, fans are going to fan, and even you know the praise we just gave to Dave Roberts, it's going to fall on him, even if it's not his fault. Even if we run like last year, I I was deathly afraid of of the Nationals, and I proved to be right, unfortunately. Um, so that one was kind of a wash. You knew that was was pretty even even matched, or. or <laughs> there wasn't any trash can banging, whatever, you know, it was two good teams doing it on the level. But now it's like you guys stumbled in the first round after going to World Series back to back. What What's going to be your follow up? What, what's going to be uh, part four of this series? Because they're, they're this needs to be the end of it. You got three, four, five, you know, long time stalwarts of this, uh, you know, of the active roster that are free agents and they're pro- they're not coming back. So you look at it and the player wise, they need to get it done. Fan wise, they need to get it done because they they earned it probably in 2017 and they lost it. And 18 shouldn't have been there. 19 should have gone further than than you were. Um, <clears throat> players have basically admitted that we need to do this for the fans. Um, Fan base is going to lose it if they get bounced in the first, second, third round. And now there's this weird, weird you know, uh, new playoff formatting that I honestly haven't even dug that much into to, to figure out how it works. But it, it will not be happy times. You're going to get more and more of the, uh, the people online saying, I'm never watching a Dodger game again and all that. Of course, they'll be back on opening day. It's the way it goes. But yeah. he- heads, somebody's head is going to have to roll. You can't do it this many times. You know, same thing. Uh, <laughs> expecting a different result and the same thing just keeps happening it's a, something will need to change no doubt it's a really tough spot to be in because you have one of the best teams on paper and you keep doing performing well you keep getting to the world series you've got a great farm system and you have young cheap elite talent mm-hmm. and yet like you were saying if if it if you're just not getting over that final hurdle whether it's luck whether it's you know it's baseball anything can happen but what I don't know what you could do differently other than shake it up with a managerial change. Like you said, and like the manager is usually the last person to blame for stuff like that, but mm-hmm. doing something to wake up the team. I don't know what else you can do. Um, I think it'd be a huge mistake to fire Dave Roberts. I think he's one of the, the, yeah. the good guys in baseball, one of the best managers. Um, but yeah, I don't, you can't fire the general manager. It's you're in a, you're in a really tough spot. Um, you can, I guess you just keep rolling the dice and hoping something changes, but, is that is that a viable you option? Have to, you have to change the dice, honestly, a little bit in this case because once again, the undoing last year was, and I had a player tell me I don't know why he went this route. Uh, you know, the the reliance on or the need to get Clayton Kershaw this this um, you know grandstand victorious uh, opportunity to right the ship for himself in this this postseason uh, you know bad in the postseason narrative, but. You can't go into into a situation throwing you know Kershaw on short rest or sh- throwing Kershaw in relief in a game where he doesn't need to be there. If he got lucky on Eaton <laughs> in the uh, 19 NLDS last year, he shouldn't have gone and ran back out for the next inning against Rendon and Soto, two dudes who who can obviously pop him out. So if you see him in in a game like that, then it's going to be okay. You know, clear very clearly. This is a judgment call. Dave Roberts basically said it's a, his judgment call that that he he liked the matchup. He liked the way this this worked, uh, this looked, and and if it, it does come down to that, I mean Andrew Friedman's not going to fire himself. So <laughs> there's going to have to be a, a, a change there. It, 
I mean, honestly, it's not going to happen. They those two are, are too much uh, on the same page with one another. But it, it, it's a tough question, man. It's a good question to think about what could change, what would need to happen if they don't. So instead, I'm going to choose the route to say we don't have to worry about that because uh, LA is just going to win it. <laughs> I'll I'll save the hard question for uh, for the end of the year. <laughs> Are you at all concerned about Kershaw holding up? For the through the postseason all all year because I mean consistently over the last few years um, it's always been something with him. Yeah, usually by that that middle part of the season something is kind of kind of snuck up on him. Well, now the middle part of the season is going to be the postseason in, in a shortened year. You know, it it really sucks for him. You feel bad because he he went into summer camp feeling great. You know, he's one of those of the many Dodgers. Who who you know did some work with Driveline in the off season and and it, the eye it passed the eye test you know he was he was getting more velo on it there was that that uh, differential between his fastball and a slider and he looked really good and then boom right before opening day his back gives out so uh, with with Kirsch it, it's honestly it's honestly 50-50 whether or not he can. Maybe all right, you know I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm gonna say seventy thirty if my math adds up right to a hundred there. <laughs> um, he he, I think he can. I think he's gonna figure out enough and be smart enough to stay healthy enough uh, to make it through the the postseason. Usually he ends up staying healthy in the postseason, but like, like I opened with, it's it's tough for him because it is that would be the middle of the season for him now. So I'm gonna have my faith in Kirsch one more time. Who is more likely to be healthy on October 1st, Kershaw or Garrett Richards? Ooh, man, I say, I'd probably say Kershaw. I'd probably say Kershaw there. Yeah, I say Kershaw. Yeah, I, I feel really bad for, for Garrett Richards. That dude was a, a beast there for a couple of years in, in Anaheim. And then, well, we know how Anaheim and, and starting pitching works. So, you know, <laughs> you really Sho- feel Shohei is having a tough time figuring that one out. Oh, yeah. Glad that LA missed out on that one. Sorry, the real LA, not Anaheim. Oh, it's An- it's Anaheim, please. Yeah. <laughs> um, have you have you ever had some like uh some hindsight thoughts about g- getting Garrett Cole and making him a priority over Mookie Betts maybe during the offseason? Well, the rumors were and, and everything kind of lined up that that LA was in on Cole pretty pretty heavily, uh, offered somewhere around three hundred million. Um, I think they made the right move. You know, going for the bat, going for somebody with with the the ability uh, all around, like like Mookie Betts, because you know not only is he an everyday player, he's an everyday superstar, and he's a he's a lineup or a, a locker room superstar. Even if he's not leading, you know, as a raw raw guy, uh, <clears throat> everything we're seeing and hearing about what he's doing on the inside is is huge. Uh, you, you don't you don't want to stay with the team for twelve the next twelve years of your life if if uh, you know your ideology and theirs doesn't mesh. So I don't think that would have been the same with Cole. I think he's he would have been a uh, it would have been a personality clash in this in this uh, Dodger locker room. So many guys have been together for so long uh, with LA. You know, you're talking about five, six, seven years together at least for some with. No doubt, Cole's probably top three pitcher, if not you know two, one, whatever it is. Especially last year, he's a great, great pitcher. But 
might have been too much of a, a dynamic change, but also, you know, we're talking about shaking up something different, <laughs> you know, in terms of management and all that. Maybe a player who is more of a, you know, of a hard ass in the locker room could be the the right move. But uh, I'm I'm happy with the decision to go uh, the route of Mookie over over Cole. There's been some bubble talk about uh, not during the regular season, but the postseason in MLB which I think is a really good idea. I don't, I don't think I would have, or I wasn't team bubble for the season, but mm-hmm. I think a bubble for the postseason, if there's no fans, then who cares where the game is? And um, with, especially with yeah. weather, I think Southern California is a really good candidate to host the bubble. You've got the three MLB stadiums all within, you know, hundred miles of each other. Um, what do you, what do you think of the idea of Dodger stadium hosting playoff games without the Dodgers actually being in them? Well, I mean, it's, it, the venerable Dodger Stadium has uh, has done it with the World Baseball Classic before, and you know it's fun watching those games. Um, you know, watching superstar talent or whatever, uh, people from different countries, everybody, everybody, every walk of life being there at Dodger Stadium, that was really cool. So I think, you know, the bubble. Uh, I hadn't heard too much about it, so I haven't put too much thought on it, but on paper, just hearing it right off the bat, like it sounds like a really smart idea. Um, hopefully, doing it a little bit better. Than, than the NBA is doing, even though they're doing fine. But uh, also, that's in Florida, so that's just immediately a, a, a demerit. But yeah, that would Florida's be cool. a I, scary place. I think having it, you know, it could be the first time Anaheim has had playoff baseball in a decade, so that could Whoa. be cool. <laughs> that I like how it, we got uh, we got a Dodger uh, podcast and a Padre podcast, and I've now shit on the Anaheim Angels <laughs> twice. I am proud of myself. <laughs> Yeah, you're hitting, you're hitting everyone pretty good, and then randomly giving the Giants a lot of credit. So you're all over the place today. That that that's uh, building more more rivalry right there. I think uh, <laughs> just so I know if people love it when when you uh, when you say something good about their organization or whatever, and then they come out and beat you, and then they you know you end up in your mentions or your DMs. So at me, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> you know, thinking about it, going back to that that Cole. Mookie thing. I, I've I've had kind of a question swirling around in my head. I'm I'm curious. I want to put you on the spot slightly here. Oh please. You uh you you could dump truck all the money up to one player, Mookie Betts or uh, Manny Machado. Where are you going? It's Mookie Betts. It's not close. Good call. <laughs> um, I think everyone here pretty much hated Manny Machado before he signed with the Padres, and then mm-hmm. you know. The, the village asshole, once he's on your team, he's now your asshole. So he's, he's your guy. Like there's nothing you can do about it. So we, we yeah. support him now. Um, I, I hated what he did. Uh, was it in the postseason when he ran over Jesus Aguilar's yeah. ankle? Um, that was one of the dirtiest plays I think I've ever seen a player do. But hearing, a- yeah, hearing about him in the locker room now, um, it's been a few years since he did that. It feels like being in, in this clubhouse with these guys, um, maybe he's changed a little bit. Maybe he's mellowed. He seems like he's, I mean, I used to give him shit all the time for being, uh, I don't know, the, the fake hustle guy or the guy that just even didn't even give you fake hustle. He was just no hustle. Um, but yeah. now it seems like he's, he's turned a little bit of a corner. So he's off to a bad start. And, uh, but Manny, the person, I think I, I've had no problems with him since he's been here. But Mookie Betts is, I think, a much better player. I think both of them are studs defensively at their respective positions. Mm-hmm. I think Mookie's going to age a little better. And as a as a clubhouse fixture, I think he's you know the be- probably the best in baseball, like you were saying. So um, I think it'd be a pretty easy decision to take Mookie. 
Yeah, good answer. If I had my soundboard, I'd give you a couple points right there, but I hey. don't have my soundboard. <laughs> like points. Um, what do you think, of, uh, since we're on the bubble a little bit, do you think it's a good mm-hmm. idea for teams to get these postponements when they, you know, potentially are just reckless and going out there and clubbing or going to a casino? I know, I think MLB just came out very recently and said something along the lines that they've changed their uh, their protocols for teams. You know, they have to wear masks Unless they're playing, they have to wear a mask all at all times in the dugout. They have to, you know, they're they're really cracking down on things. It seems like at least, um, I I didn't love that they were just postponing games indefinitely, and the Marlins get to sit in first place at two and one. Do you think losing games is, uh, or forfeiting games is the only w- the best way to make sure players are more responsible? I know they're talking about that for NFL too. Yeah, I think that's that's pretty fair because at some point, you know, you got to put. Even well, even though the league and and you know MLB itself was was super quick to uh, to you know shit all over the players for what's gone on. At the end of the day, it's kind of mostly you know in their court where they're going. You got to know who the people you're interacting with, where they've been, and all that. You know, don't go and and have lunch with your cousin's sister or something. I don't know. I guess that would still be a cousin, but. <laughs> uh, I, I think that that's honestly a pretty smart play where, if, you know, if you don't have enough players, it's softball rules. That, that's co-ed softball. That's men's league softball. If you don't have enough players to play a game, you forfeit. You call ahead and let the league know so they can call the other team and you don't get charged $25 forfeit fee. It's happened to us this year. Yeah, it happened to my team. <laughs> yeah. So I never thought about I'm it that off. way. That's a, that's a really good perspective. It's <laughs> like you forfeit your softball league. Like, well, how come MLB just gets to delay their game a week? I don't know. And while we're at it, they should have, uh, you know, let the players be drinking on the field. Let's just, you know, let's, let's do it. Let's <laughs> have go. a keg at first base. <laughs> <laughs> Play a little slosh ball. That'll bring in there. There's your replacement for the, uh, for the field of dream, uh, field of dreams game. Slosh <laughs> the, ball. <laughs> this is, this is 2020. I am, I'm okay with literally anything happening on the field. As long as we have baseball. Yeah. There you go. That's the, That's the important part. As long as we have baseball. It's <laughs> fun. I didn't even consider that. Um, I'll get you out of here on this since, uh, we're holding you up a little bit. Padres new uniforms. Were they meh for you? Are they great? Um, or do you actively dislike they were getting, they were getting some shit on Twitter about, uh, the, <laughs> Buffalo, the Buffalo wild. wild yeah. The Buffalo wild, which I didn't see. I yeah. honestly didn't even occur to me until someone posted that, yeah. but I see it a little bit. Yeah. The, the, I mean, I'm, I'm, uh, I like the, the kind of 10 year ago, uh, 15 years ago, throwbacks, you know, the old uh, Aegon, Jake PV teams. Oh, you uh, like those? I, I got to dig those, man. Maybe that's just the ones where I, I really, you know, got into the to the nitty-gritty details of everything with baseball, and, and that was the team I, you know, grew sort of grew up watching the Dodgers beat. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, even hey, though those were all great I, teams. I, 96, man. <laughs> 1996. But, but, yeah, looking at those, like, you know, talking more like, yeah, that, that, that 05, 06 era. I mean, if, if they could stick to maybe two, three variants a year instead of like seven or 30, I think that would be kind of nice. But you know what? Hey, if it, if it sparks enough of an argument and, I, and you can get trolled online by a major, uh, you know, a major f- restaurant, I think you're doing, um, you know, honestly, I think you're doing something wrong with your uniform. <laughs> We need I, I, we need more Buffalo Wild Wings in San Diego. So I think this is a good opportunity to do some cross promotion. 
There you um, go. I, I love Buffalo Wild Wings. I'd love one near the office here where I'm doing uh, our podcast. Um, underrated place, Buffalo Wild Wings. Sponsor the show. Let's get Buffalo there Wild Wings go. in here. That's how you, uh, yeah, that's how you segue. Um, yeah, anyway, <laughs> Clint, thank you so much for coming on. We'll, we'll have to get you back on in the future. Um, maybe when we're doing, uh, some, some playoff talk, we'll do, we'll do some Dodger Padre playoff talk, hopefully at the end of the season. Yeah, it sounds good, man. That or some, uh, you know, getting closer to the next series, whenever that goes down, uh, maybe we'll, we'll bring you on, try to get you on over on the other side and, uh, you know, give you some, give you some hell. Yeah, would love would love to do that. I'd, I'd like defending myself in the sea of Dodgers. Um, follow him <laughs> yeah. on Twitter at RealFRG and check out his uh, Blue Heaven podcast um, if you're up in the LA area. So, Clint, again, thanks, and uh, we'll check in with you soon. Ryan, appreciate it, man. Thanks. All right, thank you to Clint Pasias, Dodgers Nation Blue Heaven podcast. Um, fun guy. We were we were trying to coordinate um, last year with doing um, some crossover stuff back when I was doing the, I was doing believe a believe show when I first started at the network doing Dodgers angels prospects. And um, unfortunately we didn't have a San Diego show at that time. I don't know if you guys ever heard that story, but we believe wasn't doing San Diego stuff. They were just, they opened as an LA only sports network. And so, because I'm so into prospects, I pitched the idea of doing a, a Dodgers angels Padres show doing just like covering prospects across um, all the teams in Southern California. And they were just focused on LA at the time. They didn't know what they were going to expand or turn into. So turned into a Dodgers angels prospect show. And we did that for about six months, I think. And then uh, as they expanded, we got to do a pottery show. And I'm really thankful because from San Diego, um, back in San Diego, living here. So it's nice to do a pottery show, but we've been talking to Clint a long time about doing some kind of crossover with his show and ours and finally got to do it. So enjoyed talking to him. He was really fun guest and uh might be going on his show in the, during some time later than the season so that'd be fun that's going to do it for us today so thank you for listening please follow our show's twitter account at friar farmhands and if you enjoy the show subscribe we're on all your favorite platforms itunes stitcher google play tune in spotify and iheart you can also find us at believe.com and at believe podcasts on twitter please leave your comments questions concerns and rate the show wherever you download it. We appreciate all your ratings. Appreciate all your feedback. Even if it's not the best feedback, we'll take it. You've been listening to the Believe in Padres Prospects podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, San Diego's number one sports podcast network. I am Ryan Hart. Check in with you guys next week. Just move on up. Toward your destination Though you may I did a podcast one time where it was the kid. They were basically children, and they uh, didn't inform us of the fact that they were children, and they also didn't inform us of the fact that it was like their second or third episode ever, maybe even their first. <laughs> so, at one point, one of the kids got off the the call to go yell at somebody in his living room for making noise, and it's just like, ooh, this is a facepalm moment. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.